Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Parenting Proverbs. We are your hosts, Deanna Carter-Boswell and Zoe Shaw. We are both licensed professional counselors in the state of Georgia, servicing children, adolescents, and their families. On this episode, we are going to talk about emotion expression versus disrespect. Two things that can get quite confuddled. <laughs> did, you, did you just make up a word? I did. Okay, that was interesting. You know, I think a lot of times um, we grow up and we, as adults, we want people to be more expressive and to communicate their thoughts and their feelings. But when they're children, when they do the same thing, we're like, oh, hold on now. Watch your tone. You're being a little disrespectful. Don't talk unless you're spoken to. All these cliche things. Right. Stay in a child's place. But what we realize is we're training them to not be able to express themselves fully as adults. Yeah, that's very true. Um, Plenty of times I find myself frustrated or I hear other people being frustrated about someone and another adult not expressing themselves or being able to identify what they want and need. However, for a lot of people, it's something that they're just now trying to do. And that they weren't really taught how to do when they were younger. Yeah. So what is disrespect? What would that be considered? Um, I think intention has a lot to do with it. Um, delivery, tone, what's said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, how it's said. All of that falls under disrespect. Um... And the message can get lost in the mess of Ooh. what a child is trying to express. Yeah. So if we're able to weed through that and give correction and guidance about how to more appropriately express yourself, that can be helpful. I agree. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um on the flip side of that, emotional expression is just being able to communicate your thoughts, ideas, and feelings mm-hmm. um, in an effective way. Um, and I think sometimes in an attempt to do that, like you said, it's it's the message, it's the tone, it's all of those things. Um, and I don't think that as adults, sometimes we're used to kids being so vocal mm-hmm. about things because we feel as though they have it easy. And so if anything goes against what we deem to be acceptable it's oh you're complaining you're not you know being appreciative of what you have you're not grateful and that can come off as disrespectful because we're actually offended by the fact that they have an opinion of their own when we feel like they should think how we think and believe what we believe yeah in all actuality they're different people they have different personalities different experiences so that's going to differ sometimes between what they think and what we think yeah and different desires that reminds me of having some conversations with kids who didn't want to go on a family vacation. Um, and their parents really felt, you know, disrespected, disappointed, lots of feelings about it, which I get. Because as adults, we're like, vacation? Yes, I want to go. But sometimes... Especially kids, when you're going out the country. Yeah. Like, I saved up. I planned all this. <laughs> and you don't want to go? You're not appreciative. When I was a kid, we couldn't we didn't get to do all this. Exactly. But sometimes the vacations were, you know, too frequent in certain situations. Or they just wanted to 
be with their friends or they wanted yeah. to do their extracurricular activities and vacations impact their ability to do that. Like just keeping in mind where they are developmentally um, and what's important to them. Um, so, you know, it's also thinking about the perspective, like their perspective versus our perspective on things. Cool. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we forget that what's important to us might not be as important to them. Like you said, developmentally, um, depending on where they're at, like uh, a lot of times, especially teenagers, they're in that stage of um, building relationships and um, trying to fit in and feeling like they want to belong. So if they're taking away time to be with family, that's important too. Mm-hmm. But then they also feel like they're missing out on whatever's going on uh, back at home with their friends. And yes. so FOMO. it's like that fine line that they're trying to walk walk through because, you know, they want a little bit of both. Right. Both things are important, but if we're being honest friends are a little bit more important during that stage (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I think you're right with that um at least for a lot of teens that i mean that's just where they are developmentally and especially if you have a lot of conflict in your house it's kind of hard to want to spend extra time with family members if it's going to be an argument or you're going to be accused of something or questioned or you know things like that so kind of going back to the disrespect versus emotion expression um, there, I think there is a fine line. However, keeping in mind it's that perspective, right? If you have a four-year-old who's like, no, I'm not doing this or, or however, you know, little four-year-olds put their foot down, <laughs> teaching them the appropriate way to express what they're wanting, what they're needing, um, and things like that is more helpful than automatically shutting them down or telling them that they're disrespectful or labeling them with something that they here and it can internalize like oh i'm disrespectful um because they're four or they're three they're five they're still learning how to communicate um and a lot of times it's not always modeled in the most healthiest ways so we also have to think about how are we modeling communication skills um for them yeah and not only modeling the skills and teaching them the skills but creating the space where they feel open to share Mm -hmm. um i think sometimes again we want to feel like as parents we're doing the best we can or as adults in their world that we're doing the best that we can to teach them the skills they need to know to teach them how to communicate how to be Mm -hmm. assertive um how to be in tune with their feelings and all these things but it's almost as if we want them to do it outside of the home because when it comes to us like what what i say goes i'm the one who's making the rules i'm the one who's providing the this lifestyle so I should be almost respected and accommodated for what you know I want to take place but creating Mm -hmm. the space to where like you said with family vacations maybe that should be a discussion with the whole family about what that should look like how should we spend spring break or how should we spend the summertime together to make sure that everyone's getting their needs met and that they have a voice in what they have to participate in. Right, right. And it's not just letting them dictate the vacation or if you go or not. It could be just giving them, okay, if we're going on a seven-day vacation, one day we're going to let the kids decide what we do or you know, what restaurants do you want to go to or what activities. So giving them some input on what you all do as a family. Because one, you get to learn your child and what mm-hmm. they're... Um, interested in what brings them joy Um, and then also it just helps them to develop that muscle of expressing what they want and knowing that their needs can and should be met um, by the people in their life right 
And also with that, when they have input, there's buy-in in whatever activity that they're doing. Yeah, that's So it's going to be way more enjoyable. Everyone's going to be invested. Everyone's going to want to participate. And it's going to be a lot more fun and enjoyable right. if everyone was able to put input in because they value what they had a decision in making. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, if you're as um, a caretaker, a parent, an adult in a child's world, if they are able to express to you their wants and needs, something you know that they want to do, something that they don't want to do, if they're able to do that in a safe way, then that helps them as they continue to get older. And we talked about this um, in our first season about boundaries. Mm-hmm. It helps them set boundaries with other people because family is not the world. Um, when kids go out to school when they're you know if they go to college work situations there's so many different situations where learning how to set boundaries and advocate for yourself and saying no i'm not doing this um or you know no that doesn't work for me or yeah i can help this time um if they can do that at home with mom and dad with brother and sister with grandma it will just help them even more when they're out there in situations that make them feel uncomfortable or you know boundaries that they want to set right and like you said you know, our family, our home is not the world, but it's the training ground for them to go into the world. And even going on the subject of, is it disrespectful? Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of times boundaries, when they're put in place, they do kind of like ruffle some feathers, especially if people aren't used to boundaries Mm -hmm. being put in place, because not only is it um, telling or explaining to other people how they should be treated, but it's also putting something in place where you're not able to get away with what you normally would try, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But um, so putting boundaries in place, making sure that they know that it doesn't have to be a disrespectful thing, but there has to be some kind of um, assertiveness behind it so that they're strong in their boundaries and that it's not able to be compromised when people don't like how uh, they're handling that. Yeah, because boundaries are more so for the individual setting them than the other person. It's about Mm -hmm. what am I willing to tolerate? What am I willing to experience? What am I willing to deal with? Um, So if you you can choose what you want to do. We can't control what other people do. Yeah, that's right. So you can choose what you say to me. (laughs) You could choose what you do. Um, But I can choose if I want to be around you or I can choose if I want to let you Mm -hmm. in my world. I can choose if I share things with you. Um, you know, because you're telling my secrets or because, you know, you're embarrassing me um, by telling, you know, everybody my business or whatever it is. So, right. yeah, so just keeping in mind that boundaries aren't necessarily about the other person, but it's just about protecting your your space, your peace, your energy. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for kids to set boundaries in the home with siblings and with parents as well. Um, if there's something that they don't like, like when it comes to food, If they don't like eating a certain food, it's not always the best idea to try and force them to eat it. Mm -hmm. Give them another option or, you know, they can eat something else that's on their plate. Um, But giving them that sense of autonomy so that they can make choices uh, for themselves. And it'll help with decision making in the future. Yeah, yeah. And it's not just either you're going to eat your vegetables or you're going to eat candy. Like, it's not giving them that option. It's giving them another healthy alternative or, you know, something that's on the level playing field. Um, So, yeah, that's a that's a really good point of. um, Yeah, boundaries. So when disrespectful moments come up, 
Because the reality is kids and teens, they might really say some things that are truly disrespectful. Those are opportunities to have a teaching moment. So whether it's in that exact moment of, you know, giving them correction and feedback or coming back later and expressing to them why what they said was disrespectful or, you know, their tone, whatever it was, it's a teachable moment. So then you can set an expectation of if there's something that you don't agree with, if there's something that you don't like, this is how we communicate that in this family. Um, and then you get to decide what that looks like um, and reminding them of what the family expectation is. Yeah. And at the same rate, if you're going to set an expectation as adults, we have to also be able to follow the expectation that's set. So if we see a child that might be actually acting in a disrespectful way, maybe they're talking back, maybe they're um, using profanity or, Mm -hmm. you know, being hurtful with their words, we have to look at, well, where did they learn this from? And kind of modify, like, is it something that they picked up from us or something that they were watching on TV and making sure that they're surrounded with more positive influences to show them a different way to respond to uh, frustration. Yeah. Yeah. I think frustration tolerance is a is a big one um, that we kind of see kids. Maybe they're saying some things that are disrespectful or having certain behaviors that are really disproportionate. Um, And those are teachable moments too um you know whether it's the point where your child's really having a hard time managing frustration or they're having big reactions to little deals um and things like that it might be beneficial to you know talk to a therapist about it and that's something that they could that they can work on it's something that i've worked on with kids before um teaching them how to appropriately express themselves and manage those emotions and feelings because when we have big feelings, they're uncomfortable. Um, and they're really uncomfortable for kids, especially as they're trying to deal with them and navigate them. So they're like, I feel this anger inside. I need to get it out any way possible. Um, so it might be hitting my sibling. It might be breaking something. It might be punching a wall. <laughs> so they feel like they have to get it out. But it's okay to express your emotions. It's just all about how you're expressing them, making sure it's not harming anyone, physically, um, you know, emotionally being disrespectful and things like that. Yeah. And also creating a sense of awareness. Um, cause one of the things that I deal a lot with kids where I'm uh, trying to teach them frustration tolerance is that things aren't always going to go your way. Mm-hmm. And so even in moments where they are frustrated, it's okay to be upset, but knowing that it's okay to be upset and, it's not something that you can change in this moment. So accepting what it is and being able to move on from it so that they can kind of grow their capacity for more, I hate to say it, more stressful circumstances because as they get older, they're going to constantly be um, encountering difficult moments. And sometimes we can't change it or sometimes Mm -hmm. we can't walk away from it, but being able to kind of sit through it and cope with it in a healthy way. Yeah, cope, cope effectively. It's like, you know, you don't like the fact that you have a curfew at, you know, 11 p.m. if you're a teenager. Like, you can express your frustration with that. However, that's not going to change because that's the family rule. That's the family expectation. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a conversation around it. And maybe there's not. Because sometimes you don't have to, you don't always have to have conversations about rules and expectations. But I think it's, it is important to at least maybe have one conversation to establish it so they know what it is. 
yeah um, to communicate the rule and why the rule is put in place yeah um but after that that's the rule then that's an expectation that it's abided by yeah exactly exactly and so I think on the other side of that, rule breaking would be considered disrespectful mm-hmm. um, because the rules are meant to provide structure and provide safety for those that are in the house right. um, and also guidance. And so going against that um, would be a sign of disrespect. Mm-hmm. What if the child or teen has a genuine concern about one of the rules or you know, they truly feel like it doesn't make sense? Do you think it's okay for them to express that and to share? I think that it is because that goes along the lines of creating a space where they can ask questions because we might have an understanding of why this rule is in place, of course, because we put the rule mm-hmm. in place. Sometimes, because sometimes we put rules in place just because it's kind of been the pattern in our <laughs> families. But right. a lot of times we understand why rules are put in place. But on, you know, developmentally, depending on what age kids you have, Um, One rule might be put in place, but it doesn't make sense to a younger age, but Mm -hmm. it makes sense to an older age. Um, And so even explaining the rules per developmental level is helpful. But if it doesn't make sense to them, there's a reason why. And so you should provide clarity because clarity ensures that they'll be able to follow along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And understanding can give a little more buy in um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but. If that's the rule, that's the rule. Yeah. I always say, the tone belongs to the parent, the mood to the child. So the parent sets the tone Mm -hmm. for the household. They set the tone for the rules. They set the tone for respect and all these things. And if the parent can hold the standard, it'll trickle down to the rest of the family members um, and how they're able to receive and um, communicate with one another in regards to those yeah, things. That's good. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's good. Just I was just thinking of some examples as you say that, as you said that, um, and I think that's very true because kids are always observing, soaking things in. We're modeling things for them all the time. So if we're able to you know, hold ourselves accountable. And it's not a matter of being perfect because we're all humans. It can be acknowledging, hmm, you know, maybe that doesn't make sense. Or, you know, maybe I was having a rough day and I yelled too much or whatever. It is holding yourself accountable um, as well, teaches and models them to be accountable. Yeah, because as much as we want kids to be respectful to us, we also have to practice respect for them because they're deserving of respect and it teaches them how to receive that from people as they're, you know, becoming adults. Right. And so if they can receive respect as kids, they're going to grow up knowing that they deserve respect um, in their work environments and their social circles and their romantic relationships, um, you know, as they're older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think the kids coming up, kind of Gen Z too, they are quick to call out adults <laughs> on stuff, um, especially when they feel like we're being hypocritical or, um, yeah, if we're just not following what we say we're going to do and things like that. So I think it's for them, it's probably even more important to um, be a little more expressive. Yeah. Um, 
And as adults, we have to be open to being wrong. Yeah. Just because we're adults yeah. does not mean we have it all figured out. Just because we're adults um, and we're their adults doesn't mean that we're right um, and mm-hmm. that we know you know, the best decision in every situation. And so that's even okay to explain to them like, hey, you know what? I'm not really sure, but we're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And just being honest in that moment as well. Yeah. Figuring it out together. That can build connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and saying, I don't know, because they know that we don't know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just being honest with it. Um, and that creates the space. Again, it fosters the space for them to have um a desire for further emotional connection and expression for whatever's going on, whatever thoughts, questions, concerns that they may have. Yeah. I think this is a really tricky topic too, because when we think about just generation wise, it, it gets a little tricky. Um, just thinking about, you know, grandparents, aunties, uncles, like we were always like, you know, they're set in their ways, you know, they're older and this and this, like they're going to think you're disrespectful. So if you're a parent caregiver trying to teach your child these communication skills and they go to, you know, grandma, right. grandpa, and be like, you know, <laughs> they're like, what y'all over there teaching those kids? Well, but I think that that's a, a teachable moment too. So as you know, the parent to have those conversations with the other people in their world, like, Hey, this is you know, how I would like to parent. These are the things that we're trying to teach them in this moment. So this is how we communicate in our house. Yeah. Um, so you that they're have aware. strong boundaries for that. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, just thinking about some conversations I've had, just they, you know, if you have that family dynamic, sometimes you will get pushed back and be like, oh, well, your child talks to you any type of way. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they don't have any rules over there and, and all these other things. So it can be really hard to, I think, for parents who want to have more expressive kids who do have that safe space to talk when there's family members who don't believe in that and believe a child is supposed to be seen and not heard. Um, it, yeah, it can be, it can be hard. Yeah. This kind of reminds me of our conversation, you know, a couple episodes ago when we were uh, touching on gentle parenting. <laughs> and so yeah. I think even in this, and, and that's the, beautiful thing about parenting and caring for children is that there's so many nuances that you have to take into consideration because every family is different everyone's experiences are different lifestyles Mm -hmm. upbringings um but even when it comes to gentle parenting and um how you allow them to communicate and express themselves uh like you said, it could look a little bit different. So it could mm-hmm. seem as though, oh, you just let them talk to you any type of way. Um, because sometimes it can be, it come, it can come across as very, um, what's the word? Shocking. <laughs> Shocking because even with allowing them the safe space to say what's on their mind, there's a way to do it in a way that, is respectful very much so but sometimes they can be very bold in Mm -hmm. their approach when you talk about gen z they could be very like curt and brash and it's not 
there's not consideration. There's no filter. That's right. what it is. There's yeah. no filter in what they're saying. And so I think even making sure that when they are expressing themselves, that they think about what they're saying before they say it so that, it, you know, it's yeah. receptive. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's compassion behind it, that there's grace, that there's really, like, like you said, a curiosity. Yeah, and it's something that has to be taught, too, because just where they are developmentally, they might just be that impulse control is still developing. So if they are saying things disrespectfully or you can tell that their intentions are off, turning it into a teachable moment um, is important for their growth and development when it comes to communication and being respectful versus disrespectful when it comes to expressing their emotions. Yeah. So it is a fine line between emotional expression and disrespect um but it all boils down to perspective and the intentionality and the relationship i think Mm -hmm. it's the relationship yeah that plays the biggest part um and when you have a secure relationship with between parent and child or parent or adult and child um you'll know that their intent behind their communication um, is pure or you'll know their motives behind it and so it'll be able to foster the communication that's needed to problem solve those, yeah. those situations and again sometimes you have to find the message in their mess yeah um, and help them you know weave that out too because yeah. what if they do say something very disrespectful like in a in a moment of anger or you know frustration or overwhelm and they cuss you out <laughs> <laughs> But that's how they really feel, and that's the only way that they know how to communicate and get it out. Well, how, as a parent, like, how do you respond to this disrespectful situation? This for so this uh, this is for families who don't, because some families do allow their children to curse. So <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But so it's not cursing, but it's cursing out of frustration like you're they're upset. Mm. So it's not just like oh they're cussing casually or to retell a story, but it's. It's out of anger. Yeah, it's how they're expressing however they're feeling. And so what happens when it's emotional expression combined with disrespect? It's not either or, it's both and. Mm -hmm. Well, always when someone typically, no, I think it's always when people are escalated to that point, they're not hearing you. So (laughs) like if your child or the, the, you know, the child in your life is escalated to the point where they're you know, cursing you out, they're like pacing, they're huffing and puffing. They're not in a state to have a conversation about what why what they're saying is inappropriate. Mm-hmm. So helping them regulate by you staying regulated, you staying calm, you not um, adding fuel to the fire. And then when they come back down, having a conversation about why what they said or did was unacceptable and why it was disrespectful and what you expect um and how you expect for them to handle a situation like that going forward. Um, or maybe even finding out what even, like how do we even get to this point? And saying, okay, well at that point, that's when you need to say, you need to take space or you need to take a break. Um, or you need to um, express what you're feeling with your with, with your words before it gets to you know cursing and things like that. Yeah, and even limit setting in that moment. So even if it's not, we're not gonna address this conversation right now, but it's, while you're worked up, while you're in this state, we're not going to talk at all. 
Mm-hmm. And we can come back and address this once you've had a time to just kind of bring yourself down, chill out. Yes. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. That's setting a boundary, letting yeah. them know, like, I am not, I I'm don't not like talking to like this. <laughs> yes. I don't <laughs> like being spoken to like this. I don't like being talked to like this. So I'm going to remove myself and then we're going to come back when you're calm and then we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. So it's setting that expectation. It's providing space for them to feel how they're feeling. And then we're going to still address it because we're going to have a respectful, honest conversation. Yeah. And help meet a need or solve the problem. Yeah. And if a consequence is necessary, that's when you give the consequence. Because if you give a consequence while they're escalated, it's just going to add more fuel to the fire um, versus when things have calmed down. Mm-hmm. And that's the balance between structure and nurture. So we know that our kids need things and sometimes things get out of hand. So we, we are sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. But also... It's our job to protect, to guide, to correct, and we're going to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, because kids are not born with knowing how to communicate and express themselves and all of that. So there's lots of moments where we can teach them how to do these things. And these are really crucial moments, too, because they can add to or build a relationship or they can um, put some divide Mm -hmm. um, in relationships. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think this is such an important, you know, topic and there's so many different cultural aspects to consider as well um, to keep in mind. But I think this is a great conversation about um, disrespect versus emotion expression. So thank you all so much for listening. And as always, follow us on Instagram at Parenting Proverbs and Or you can send us an email at parentingproverbs at gmail.com. Yep. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Welcome to Parenting Proverbs. Welcome to Parenting Proverbs.